Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. So exciting. I have a very special guest. We don't have that many guests on the podcast these days, but I have a very special guest and we're doing a very special guest series for you guys where we're bringing on co-coaches that coach in the mastermind onto the podcast to share some hot wisdom with you guys. And they're all pretty amazing. So I'm really excited to introduce you guys to my good friend, co-coach in the mastermind, a business extraordinaire, money-making queen of the universe, Ashley Rachel. Hi, Ashley. Hi, what an introduction. Thank you so much. you like, I'm a professional podcaster. Do you like that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, tell everybody who you are and what you do. Yeah, so my name is Ashley Rachel. I am a business coach and I work mostly with coaches who are in the personal development space. So I work a lot with mindset coaches, relationship coaches, self-love coaches, and I help my clients to grow their business to full time and do it in a way that feels really good and aligned where they're not burning themselves out or following somebody else's blueprint for success, but where they're constantly checking in with their intuition making sure that they're taking the actions that actually feel good and yeah, putting their offers and putting their magic out into the world and attracting clients who are empowered, who are ready to buy and having just really clear, magnetic, compelling content from the heart um, to attract those clients that are just dream clients to work with. I want to talk to you about this like idea of following someone else's blueprint for success. I really like how you said that. And I'm curious to get your thoughts on it. I get a lot of new people. You probably do too, that are like, Hey, like, tell me the steps. Like, what do I need to do? Like, what are the step-by-step things? And I find it's really hard for people to break out of that mindset of like, I need a step-by-step plan and I'm going to follow all the steps. And I really think that comes from our education system, training people to be employees and not entrepreneurs. But I'm curious, what are your thoughts on that? On like step-by-step plans for business? Like, have you seen that working? Do you do that with your clients? What do you think? Yes. I have so much to say around this and I'm so happy that you asked that because that was my mindset when I first came into the industry. So I started as a blogger, just like you, that's where we met actually in that, in that course that shall not be named, (laughs) but we met in that blogging course. And that was my mindset coming into it was like, okay, what's the right step? Like, I just need the blueprint. Like, okay, I need to do this. And then I do this and then I do this and then I'll be successful. Like it must be that simple. And I think you're right that it comes from our education. I was somebody that always like followed the shoulds in life. It was like, I was a straight A student and I always wanted to get good grades and I always wanted to do my best. And I think most of my life and for a lot of, a lot of us, it's like, okay, just give me the step-by-step and I'll follow it. And like, I'll be a good girl and I'll do it all the right way. And then I'll be successful. And I tried that for a while and I would, you know, copy other people's launch blueprints. And I just realized it wasn't working for me. And I, and I think probably you've experienced that too, where it's like, you know, you think doing what somebody else is doing is going to bring you the same results that they have, but it's not true because Like, I believe there are so many different ways you can be successful in business. I don't believe there's one right way. And I believe that you have to find the way that feels good to you, that you believe in, that you enjoy, and that's going to be the right way for you. It's not a one size fits all kind of thing. Yeah. 
I totally agree with that. And I think, well, I love that you talk a lot about energetics and energy and alignment. I teach alignment these days, like in the mastermind, when we talk about alignment, we talk about lining your thoughts and feelings up with the action you want to take. So it's not just doing the action, which is what I see people do. They're like, give me the to-do list. I'm going to do all the action. Or even when people set goals, right? So people will set goals and they're like, I'm going to do all this shit. And they make this huge list of like shit they're going to (laughs) do. But then what people don't talk about is how are you going to be thinking? What thoughts are you going to be intentionally thinking? And how are you going to be feeling in your body while you're taking the action? Which to me is like the most important part, right? Because I think the energy in which you do things matters a lot. And so I always tell the mastermind, I'm like, I could give you guys like literally like we have it. We have standard operating procedures. I could give you the step-by-step of the launching. I could give you the checklist, the shit that we do every time. But it's like, unless you borrow my thoughts and my feelings, unless you do it with my energy, with my specific audience, right? I have a specific relationship and a specific energetic connection with my audience. I think specific thoughts about me and my work, unless you borrow all of that, the actions don't work the same. And that's why you can have all these people doing the same actions and not creating different results. And I know you coach people a lot on alignment and energetics. So I'd love some tips from you. If somebody's listening to this and they're like, yeah, I have like a huge to-do list, but I like, don't really like my business and I don't really like my work. And I think so-and-so's work is better than mine. And my niche isn't going to make any money. And they're having those types of thoughts what are your tips for people for getting into alignment and starting building their business in alignment instead of just making themselves do all of the shit? (laughs) Right. Yeah. I completely agree that it's not just about the action that you're taking. Like you said, it's like, I could give my people exactly what I, how I price things and exactly how I sell things and I could give them all of that, but it wouldn't be the same. And so I think, I think it's really about who you are being and who do you want to be? And how do you want your life and your business to feel? And so I think a really great exercise to do is kind of do an audit of your business. If you feel kind of stuck, if you feel like you're not in love with your business, you're not seeing the results you want, just doing an overall audit of how does every piece of my business feel and where am I spending my time? And looking at all of those pieces, your messaging, your content, and just seeing like what doesn't feel good, what's not working. And then also asking like, how do I want it to feel and how do I want it to work and who do I need to become in order for that to happen? And so I am also so big on talking about stepping into the CEO version of yourself and stepping into the person that is running a business and not just a hobby. And so who do you need to be if you are that business owner, that business owner that shows up like a business owner? How would she move? How would she speak? How would she operate in her day-to-day life? What kind of choices would she make? How would she invest in herself? All of those kinds of things, I think, can just be great reflection questions to realize, okay, like, where am I not actually being the person I want to be? I love all of that. And I teach, we teach really similar things, right? Cause I teach a lot about embodiment too. Um, and I would love to hear what you think about women that can't trust themselves. You get what I'm saying? Like I work with a lot of women that are like, I feel like at the bottom they know what they need to be doing, right? And they know what they want to do. 
but they're like even in the mastermind like we had to make a rule where it's like you can't fucking come on the call and like ask me what to do <laughs> and like you can't go in the facebook group and ask each other what to do like you can't do that because what i was finding was there started to be this little trend in there where instead of women being like this is my business i'm the ceo this is what we are doing <laughs> in the land of my business instead of like kind of running their business from that energy they go into this place of like well how much should how, how much should i charge i need you to tell me like i've never priced a product like how much should i charge and i've never done this like i need you to tell me how to do this and do you see that with your clients too i i have been in that place myself i don't really see that in my clients right now because i think i think it's because i am really intentional with only calling in women who do trust themselves like i have that in my messaging especially for my one-on-one -on -one, where it's like you know you trust yourself you make decisions based on where you're headed and like you don't let that perfectionism hold you back so i don't see as much of it but i i do know exactly what you're talking about and i think what i would say to those women who are kind of in that place of struggling to trust themselves I think, I think you just have to be okay with getting it wrong. I think that's why we struggle to trust ourselves. And I have moments of that too, where, you know, I'll delay putting a program out there because I haven't made the decision of what to price it at or something. And so when I find myself in those moments where I may be not trusting myself fully, I just have to be okay with making a decision and knowing that, you know, this might not work out or it might not go exactly as I plan. And that's okay because no matter what, I'll learn from it, I'll grow from it, I'll move forward, and it's okay to mess up. I just think that that's the thing that holds so many people back is they're afraid to get it wrong, they're afraid to mess up, but that like that's the only way you grow, that's the only way you learn. So you have to be willing to just step into certainty even when you're not certain and make the moves and make the decisions and just decide, like I am gonna trust myself with this and I'm just gonna go for it and you know I'll trust that, I'll figure it out. I'd love to hear your... I want like Ashley Rachel's like hot business tips. Ooh. Give us, like give I want to hear like if I'm I'm your client and I'm new and my name is Sandra. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I'm making some money. I'm got some things working, but I want to make consistent money. Like the money is like kind of some months I make a little bit, but then some months I don't. And how do I get it to actually be a full-time job? Like, what are your tips on like, what should I focus on to take that kind of little baby business? It's like, we got some things working and some money is coming, but I want to, I want to quit my, what job do I have? What's a really <laughs> annoying job? I work as a paralegal, <laughs> like hilarious. Cause I would never do that. <laughs> I work as a paralegal and I want to quit and I want to be an entrepreneur and live the freedom life. <laughs> How do I get my little baby business to start paying my bills? <laughs> What's your yes. tip? Your okay, Sandra, let's break this down. This is hilarious. <laughs> I love it. So really one of the first things that I would do with you is I would take a look at your overall business model. So I, I think often we can kind of get stuck in the month to month or the week to week where you're just focusing on, you know, how can I create a quick product and make a quick sale here and there. But I really love to zoom out with my clients and focus on, okay, where, where do you want to be six months from now or three months from now? And take a look at what offers are you currently selling? Um, what do you like about them? What do you not like about them? What's working? What's not working? Take a look at your content and your messaging. 
what's working, what's not working, what do you like, what do you not like, and kind of go through that audit that I was talking about where we look at every single piece of your business and just reassess it. And then from there, I think we can break down your offers and break down your business model so that we can have an idea of what are the two or three. I I always really recommend for my clients, like, let's start with two or three main offers and you know, make those really, really good. Make the messaging really clear so that we're, we know exactly who your ideal client is. Make sure the pricing feels really good. Make sure that what's included feels really good. And then from there, like kind of have a strategy for each thing. How are you going to show up and sell each thing? How are you going to grow your audience? How are you going to create content? Um, so that we're kind of looking at it from a bird's eye view. And then it's also about, you know, what habits do you have in place? Are you tracking your money? Are you, paying attention. Like, do you have any kind of strategy or do you feel like you're just kind of like posting when you feel like it? Now I'm a very go with the flow person. And so I don't have super solid. I'm not like post two times a day and do this and that, and that I'm not super structured, but I do think it's important to have an idea of what you're doing. Um, and an idea of where you're going and have some kind of strategy in place so that you are nurturing your audience and growing your audience and doing things like free masterclasses um, and things like that. So that's kind of where I would start with you, Sandra. I heard you say a couple of times about the messaging, like getting the messaging right. I'd love to hear what I'm Sandra, like what as Sandra, I need to know, Ashley, like what is messaging and why should I care about it? Yes. Okay. So I love the topic of messaging because I've been through my own journey with it. Uh, So before becoming a business coach, I was a self-love coach. I went to school to become a therapist. I'm super passionate about mental health. And so that's really where I got my start. And I noticed that I was attracting a lot of people into my programs and into my offers who were saying to me, you know, things like, I'm not ready to invest in myself. I don't have the money. Um, You know, I'm really struggling. And I would attract people that maybe didn't, didn't honor my boundaries or didn't pay their payments. And just a lot of people that were not quite the right fit for my programs. And I got to a point where I felt so frustrated and discouraged. And I just felt like, like nobody in my audience, like has the money or they're not the right fit. And I was like, what is even going on? And I realized there was a couple things going on. One of the things going on was that I was not owning how powerful and valuable my work was. And I wasn't setting really strong boundaries. And so that was something I had to work on. But the other thing was that my messaging, I was attracting people through my messaging that weren't the right fit. And I didn't even really realize it. And so I realized that I was making these little mistakes, like um, trying to convince people. And so I would write posts like, here's why you should love yourself. And here's why you should hire a coach. And I didn't even realize that by speaking in that way, I was attracting people that didn't already see the value and that didn't get it. And so when I made a few little tweaks in my messaging, you know, for example, saying like, you're somebody who sees the value in coaching, you trust yourself, you're somebody that's already showing up. And I started to get really clear on who is it, like what qualities of the, of my ideal client do I want to call in and how can I speak more specifically to those qualities so that I'm speaking to the people that are ready, that are going to show up, that are going to put in the work that are going to buy. And when I did that, when I started making those little tweaks, it was like totally different. I realized that there already were so many people in my audience that were ready to buy. I just hadn't really been speaking to them. So yeah, messaging is huge. So 
the messaging is how I attract the people, right? So if I'm someone, I hear this a lot from people when I coach, <laughs> they'll be like, my people don't have any money. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, why are you talking to people with no money? <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> like, literally, what are you doing? Like, do not make a business for people that have no money. So people have this idea where it's like, I want to have a business. I want to get paid to do this stuff. And then they're like, I'm going to target people that have, and in their mind, they're like, they have literally no money. Like my customers literally have no money. So if I'm listening to this and I'm like, yeah, no, like everyone has no money, Ashley, all of my people have no money. Do you think you can fix that with messaging? Do you think they need to change their offers? Do you think they need to change their niche? What are your thoughts about figuring all that out about the, like kind of figuring out the leverage point? Yeah, I love this question because this came up in um, your mastermind when I was doing a co-coaching call. Somebody had the same question. And I think I think it's part mindset. You have to believe that in every niche, there are people that can pay at every price point. Now, I think there are some exceptions. Like if you really are targeting like teachers who are in poverty, who, you know, there's certain niches like that if you're super specific where people probably don't have that much money. But I think generally... It doesn't really matter what niche you're in. I think there are people at every single price point who can pay. I think people have money in so many different ways. And it's easy to assume people don't have money when people have money in all kinds of ways. They got an inheritance. They won the lottery. They sold some old furniture and they made money. Like people have money in all kinds of ways. And, and if people really want it, they'll get resourceful. And so I think we have to believe and have that mindset of, people have the money and they want to pay me. And that, that single belief has been huge for me. And when I write my content, I write it from that belief that there are people that are going to read this who have the money that want to pay me. So that's the mindset side of it. And then the messaging side of it is getting really clear on who do you want to work with, making sure that you really understand what is their main desire, their burning desire. How do you help them? What kind of qualities do they have? And making sure that you're really speaking to them in a way that's speaking to their readiness to buy. And so or I'll just give like a really simple tip for everybody listening. This is something super simple that you can implement today, which is using the phrase so ready in your content. So write a post today and in that post, use the word so ready. So for example, you're so ready to attract your soulmate. You're so ready to learn how to do X, Y, Z. And just by saying that, you're speaking to the person that is so ready because if somebody's not ready, they're not ready to buy. So that little phrase in itself, I think is really powerful. I really like this idea of speaking to people that are already ready to buy versus convincing people, which I think a lot of the old school classic kind of marketing and sales stuff is about like how to convince people to buy and like how to get people that don't want to buy to want to buy your thing, but I like the way you're talking about marketing. Cause it's like, you're speaking to people that already want to buy. And then that marketing is going to attract other people that are also all ready to buy instead of attracting more people that need convincing that you have to like sell to, or get to see the value. Right. So it's really like speaking to people that want to pay for what you have and are ready to invest. 
I feel like that's a really powerful way to think about marketing versus how do I get them to want to buy and how do I like change everybody's mind and like how do I get them to do what I want which almost feels a little manipulative right exactly and like how would you show up today if you believed that there are people even if it's just if you can get your energy behind the belief that there's one person out there in my audience today who has the money and they're literally looking around like okay today's the day I'm going to invest in myself and like, I'm ready. And they're literally reading content on Instagram with that mindset. How would you show up and how would you speak about your offers and how would you sell if you believe that that was possible? Yeah, I love that question. And I think it's really powerful. And I think when people first start becoming entrepreneurs and they start trying to entrepreneur in the entrepreneur world, I don't think people understand that they get to set standards for who they get to work with. I think there's like this kind of like, it's, it's kind of like the baby entrepreneur desperation, like stink. That they have. Like we always talk about, we talk about in the mastermind that people like desperation is like BO, like people can tell on the internet that you have this like desperation stink. Yeah. Desperation stink of like, I've got to get anybody. Like I've got to get anybody I can. And even like people don't want to niche down. Right. Cause they're just like, no, but I have to get like anybody. I can't like set standards. It almost reminds me of women dating. You know, I'm like in my mid thirties and I've been dating and I have a lot of single girlfriends and I feel like women around 35, 36, just get to this place where it's like, we got to take whatever we can get. (laughs) End up dating all these, like they have all these weird experiences, online dating. And I'm like, you get to decide how you're treated. Like you don't have to let people treat you like this. Like if he's not texting you back, like, do you want to date someone that's not texting you back? And I feel like new entrepreneurs kind of do this with clients where it's like, I got to take whoever will pay me. Like, will you pay me? Will you pay anybody, anybody? Like I'll take anybody. But I think it's attractive to people when you have standards, right? When you're like, I am going to be treated this way. And these are the type of clients I have. And this is the type of money I get paid. And, and I think especially women that I work with don't understand, like you get to decide how things go in your life. Like you get to decide, like, you don't just have to work with anybody. You don't have to just sell anything. Like you get to decide those kind of standards. Yeah. I absolutely agree. And I do see that as well. Like this fear of sometimes niching down where like somebody will come to me and they'll say, you know, I help women with self-love to live their best life. And I'm like, okay, that's good. That's a good start. Like, what do you actually help them do? And like, let's dig in and let's like, let's really make that more specific and more clear because it's very vague. And when we're really vague, we're not going to really call in the people we want, or we'll just call in people that are like all over the place um, and not really who we desire to work with. And so I am all about getting really specific, getting really clear, being able to like actually communicate like who it is that you work with and how, and yeah, you get to have standards. Like you get to decide. I only work with people who, let me think of one of mine. Um, like for example, if somebody comes to me and they want to work with me one-on-one and they're like, I, you know, I think I want to start a business and it seems really cool. And so I kind of want to try it out. Like, I'm not going to work with you because, because I only work with people who have businesses who are already showing up, who are already creating content, who are already selling. And that's just one of my standards that I hold because it's, and it's not just like from this place of like, I only work with this type, but it's like, it's actually really from this place of like, I know I can help that person get results. 
And if you're kind of wishy-washy, like you're not sure if you want, like, I don't know if I can help you get results. And so it's really also in your client's best interest if you have those standards um, so that you can really call in the people that you can actually best help get results. Yeah, I love that. I think, and I think too, the more clear you are and the higher you set your standards, like, I think that's attractive to people, mm-hmm. right? Just how, like when you're dating, like if you don't have any standards, like men will treat you all types of ways and act, there would be a bunch of foolishness and like not texting back or like only texting you like, I don't know, like Saturday night or something, right? Like you'll, you'll have all of the, that foolishness. But when you decide like, this is how I show up and I only date people that also show up like this or better I only work with people that do these types of things and show up these types of ways that are ready to make the investment right that's a good standard for all of you guys I always tell the mastermind is like if they can't afford it or they don't want to pay for it they're not your client like your clients have money and they want to spend it on your thing (laughs) right if they don't have money or they don't want to spend on your thing, that's not your client. <laughs> you got to go find your client. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You only want to call in people that are committed and ready to get the result. If they're not sure if they're committed, then they're, they're not your ideal client. And I, I agree. I think one of the qualities of a soulmate client is that they have the money and they're ready to spend it. Yeah. And it's kind of like a domino effect, right? Because if you're working, you're setting your standards and working with the best people and getting them results, that's going to raise your self-concept as a coach or a service provider where you're like, yeah, my work is really good. But if you're just working with like random ass people about whatever the hell, and maybe they don't have money, or maybe they're not really committed, or maybe they don't really know what they want, or maybe they're not really sure yet, like you're going to get mediocre results from them and that's going to fuck with your own self-concept right Right. and so I think it's important that you only work with people that you can commit to getting results and having a good experience with and I think like raising your self-concept is one of the fastest ways for people to make more money so I'm like go help a bunch of people and get them really good results and then you know you can raise your prices up because it will make a lot of sense for you to raise your prices up you'll be like hello I get people this amazing results all the time (laughs) right exactly and I think that's also where you start to realize like your own systems so I know sometimes in the space people talk about you know like what's your system what's your framework and I never really took the approach of like okay my coaching framework is this 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 I actually feel like I just developed it developed it from coaching my clients and so yeah, it's so like yeah it's like as you start to coach people on a certain topic you start to realize patterns that come up and you start to hear the same questions that your clients ask you and you start to realize you have a certain framework that maybe you didn't even realize it but through coaching a specific person through a specific transformation, you develop your own framework. And I think that's also part of what helps people get results and what does raise your self-concept. Yeah, that's a really good point. I've never thought about that, but I totally did the same thing, right? Where that's how we ended up with the mastermind. Cause I used to have like a bajillion one-on-ones. I used to have like, I don't even know, like 50 one-on-one clients or something. Wow. Yeah. Cause I'm a crazy person, <laughs> but, but when you have that many clients, I was like, I feel like a professional parrot. Cause I was like, my clients all were really similar and like, they were in similar stages of business, which is great. But like, you say the same shit all day long when you're on calls like that. And I was like, I feel like a, a parrot could do my job. I was like, this is, and it just got to the point where I was like, I know what they're going to ask. Like, I already know, I already know what your problems are. I already know what you're going to ask. And that's when we started doing the mastermind. And I was like, I literally could put all of you on one group call 
for an hour a week and just say what I need to say. Or I would be coaching other people one-on-one and I would be like, oh my God, I wish they could have seen like Jennifer talking earlier. Cause everybody thinks they're the only ones they're like, like, I think this, and like, no one else is going through this in their business. Like everyone else is having $10,000 months. <laughs> like I'm the only one. And that's how we ended up coming up with the idea for the mastermind. So I think that's really interesting. And it's a good point that when you're narrowing down on solving one specific problem for a specific person, you get really good at it. Like you just, after a while doing that, like you will figure out a way to get people results. But if you're just kind of dabbling around, you're never going to be able to get that level of mastery for yourself or your clients. Right. Exactly. And I think sometimes this fear can come up around niching down. I have a feeling there could be people listening that are like, okay, I know I've been too general and too vague, but like, I, you know, I know I shouldn't niche down, but it's kind of like this feeling of like, oh, but I help people get so many different results. And I've heard this from my clients where it's like, I, you know, I'm, I don't know if I want to niche down because I help people in so many different ways that I don't want to box myself in. I think I felt like that at one point, the way that I see it is that you're not boxing yourself in and you're not, you're not deciding that you're not actually going to help people get a lot of different results. And so for me, one of the main messages that I help people do is, is I help you create really powerful, magnetic, compelling content and messaging to attract ready to buy clients. And so that's what I lead with. But at the same time, I help my clients with a million different things, just like I'm sure you do. Like sometimes relationship stuff comes up, mindset stuff. It's like you still get to help people with all of the things that you love to help them with. It's just a matter of what are you leading with in your messaging and your marketing and being really clear, holding standards around that and knowing that you still get to like be multi-passionate and help people in a lot of different ways, but you're just really clear on what you're leading with in your content. Yeah. I think our human brains just don't like constraint. They don't like specificity, like doing really deep, specific work. Our brains don't like doing that. Right. And so this is going to trigger people, whatever you guys can be mad at me, (laughs) but I think all of these dabbler people, and you know who you are, the people that don't want to niche that are helping everybody with everything. I think it's really lazy thinking because all you're doing is keeping yourself and your clients at this kind of surface level instead of developing a really strong skill set where you can take people deep and solve an actual problem for them. And I think it's worth putting in the work to get your brain to think in specifics. And I think constraint and specificity makes a lot of money. And I think it's actually really hard skill for us to do. Like, I don't think we're naturally good at it. At least me, maybe it's just my ADD brain, but I just think our brains, like my brain doesn't want to do that. My brain never wants to sit in here and like do really tedious, hard, deep work. Right. My brain's always like, well, let's just like talk to people on Facebook and let's like go over here. Right. So I love the idea of just taking something really deep and becoming a master and becoming someone where you feel like, I know I can get you this result. Like I I'm telling you guys, it's the best feeling in the world. Like to be like, I know I can get you this result. I help people with this shit all the time. And I have a system that works. Like that's the best place to be in selling. And I think it's really hard to get there when you refuse to put any constraint on your marketing and your business and what you're selling. Yep, exactly. Yeah. I think you just need to think about 
what results would I be so excited or what, what results do really excite me that I love to help my clients get? And I think that can be a good question if you're, if you're not sure where to, you know, how to even start to niche down, but just focus on that. And then also know that you can always change. Like, I know that I've gone through such a messaging evolution, like, and my messaging does change and and you, it, it will change. And that's just inevitable. And I think one of the best things you can do is like, don't resist that evolution and let your ideal client and let your messaging evolve as you evolve, because it's really the most natural thing in the world. Yeah. I love that you said too, you were like, when you do your business audit, you were like, I recommend people only have two or three offers. Yeah. What about the people listening to this that are like, I have 20 (laughs) offers and like, what, what do you think about that, about the difference between having a couple programs versus 20 different things? Like, why do you recommend people do it that way? Yeah. I, so disclaimer, I think anything can work. And so I'm not huge on like, you know, you're doing it wrong. If you have a million offers, I think you can make it work. But the reason why I recommend two or three offers is kind of what we're saying with the messaging where focus on a couple things at a time and get really good at those. So instead of spreading yourself thin, and I used to do that too. I used to create offer after offer after offer, and you can, if that feels fun and good, but I think when you can really just pause and be like, okay, what is that skill? What is the messaging? Who is the ideal client? And get really, really clear and specific for each offer and master it. Then it's like you have two or three main offers that are bringing in sales that you really, really love rather than spreading yourself thin and just trying to do a bunch of different things, like having mediocre messaging for each thing and like having some clarity for each thing. It's better to just focus your energy on a couple of things at a time and get really good at those things. Yeah, I think people massively underestimate the time and skill level that you need to market an offer. And so to like really market an offer well and be good at it, it's like, you need to practice selling it a bunch of times, usually, unless you're good at sales and marketing, which most of us are not. I was definitely not when I started. Most of the people I work with are not when they start, like we're not, most of us don't come from a marketing background, right? We're not like necessarily trained salespeople or anything. And so it can take people a lot of practice to get good at selling something. And then the other thing I see is people make different offers and they don't understand that their offers actually serve different audiences. And so you have to go get a whole different audience to sell this new offer that you have, which is a ton of work. Like building an engaged audience when you're starting and you're by yourself is a huge time suck. And so a lot of people I see will be like, well, um, I help moms live like happier lives. Right. And then they're like, I have a course about decluttering. And then I have a course about personal finance and it's like, great. Well, those are like basically in my mind, two separate businesses. Cause I'm like, we got to go get like all the decluttering moms and the messaging about that and the people that care about that. And then we got to go get all of the people that are willing to invest in personal finance. And there might be a little bit of overlap, but probably not as much as you think. <laughs> and like, and it almost starts to be like, you're trying to scale two different businesses because you have to do the attraction for both of those audiences. You have to build trust with them. You have to prove that you can get results in those areas. You have to do the marketing for those programs. And that's when I think people's energy starts to get split and their businesses start to feel a little schizophrenic and people get real stuck because they're like, yeah, I can't like do any more. I'm maxed out. And it's like, right. You're running basically 
sometimes four or five different businesses. People will have these different offers and they're like trying to market all of them to all these different audiences. Oh my gosh. That like gives me anxiety to think about. <laughs> I am so big on simplicity. Like my clients are always saying to me, like, I love how simple your business is and like how you just break down. Cause I think we overcomplicate things. So yeah. To, like if anybody's listening and you know, you've been spreading yourself really thin, like simplify it, come back to the basics, focus on what is the result you love to get, help people get, who is the ideal client you'd love to help them with. And just focus on two or three main offers and make those really good. And don't like try to do it all because you're just screwing yourself over. Yeah. And you can make money doing one thing. I know people, our brains have a hard time believing that, especially because I think we're taught to think you got to work really hard for money and money is really hard to make. And so I think people have a hard time believing, you know, that it's so many people are in scarcity about money that I think then it comes into this like thing about niching down where it's like, well, if I niche down, there won't be enough people to pay me. Or like, if I close this program down, like how will I ever make up that money with this program? But the only way to really scale, if you really, I think to like, you really want to do something big and like scale and get to that next level. If you're feeling stuck, like constraint and simplicity will do a lot for you guys, as far as making money, especially when you're one person, like a lot of people listening, don't have team. I'm like, you all don't have teams yet. You guys are looking at businesses of people that have assistants and marketing directors and like whole teams of people behind the scenes that you guys don't realize like a lot of coaches and people you guys follow have whole teams of people right and so people will see other people doing things and they'll be like oh I want to do that and it's like well you're by yourself (laughs) like like, you need to like get I'm always like get to six figures as fast as possible you can hire a VA and then you can fucking multi-passion your heart out but I'm like until you do that like you're going to get so stuck. Like you're just going to get to a point where you feel like you're beating your head up against a ceiling almost. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it also, this conversation also goes with content where, you know, I think one of the reasons why I grew my business to full-time pretty quickly is because I wasn't spreading myself thin with content, with where I was showing up and on which platforms I just started when I had my blog I was on Pinterest and I had my blog and I had my email and I was not even on social media for like a year at all. And I'm so happy that I did that because I was really just so focused and I was like, okay, I'm just going to make my blog post really good. I'm going to make my Pinterest pins really good. And I mastered that. And I grew my email list in that first year to like 10,000 people because I was so focused and intentional. And like, I had the blinders on, I was not focused on what everybody else was doing and trying to do it all. I think that is huge too. Like, don't that's a great tip y'all this is everybody's gonna hate this episode i'm like you guys have to pick a thing pick an offer niche down but then pick a lead gen strategy like pick a lead gen strategy and don't change it (laughs) this is people really hate what i told them (laughs) i'm like gonna give you guys all the tough love today you have to pick a lead gen strategy and then you have to keep doing it long enough to get it to work So what people do is they'll be like, I'm going to do TikTok. And they do TikTok for like a couple of months. And they're like, the algorithm and the blah, 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 blah. And like, I saw like so-and-so like in the mastermind is on reels. So I'm going to do reels now. And then they go on reels and they do that for a couple of months. And they just do the same thing over and over, right? They keep changing their lead gen strategy. When I say lead gen, it's like, how are people going to find you? There has to be a way for people to know you exist. If people don't know you exist, they cannot pay you, right? Yeah. So it's like, what is your plan? to get people to discover you in the world, you need to pick one thing and you just do that. Like you, you do it 
all the time as much as you can and you get obsessed with it and you just do one thing to get leads that, I think that will like I, I think a lot of people will be mind blown like what could happen doing that we had a couple girls in the mastermind that did this last year with TikTok they were just like TikTok is my lead gen strategy that's it and they just did TikTok they just TikTok their asses off and now they have like 50,000 followers on TikTok. Like their business is in a completely different place a year later, right? With an email list with thousands of people and a lead gen strategy that works. Whereas when you're trying to do Instagram and you're trying to do Facebook and you're trying to do TikTok and you're trying to write blog posts, and you're going to have a podcast and you're trying to do all these things. It's like, you never actually get any of it to work. <laughs> you know yeah, I mean? <laughs> exactly. And I think it really does come from, for a lot of people, it comes from that scarcity mindset that you mentioned where it's like, it's, it's like, oh, money can't come easily to me, or I have to work really hard. I know my mindset was kind of in that place at the beginning where I thought that the more that I did, um, the more I would earn and I would like stay up really late and like work really long hours and just kind of like almost burn myself out by trying to do it all. And it's like, you just focus on a couple of lead gen strategies, focus on a couple of offers focus on making your messaging really clear, like simplify, break it all down. And then, um, and then, you know, just shift, shift the scarcity thinking, believe that people want to pay you believe that when you are simplified streamlined, when you're working less, when you're taking care of your body, when you're prioritizing your self-care, trust that that actually is when you're going to see the most success, not when you're trying to do it all. Yes. There's so many people on the internet, you guys, there's plenty of people that will pay you. And it's easier to build a reputation too for yourself. Like I think reputation does so much for people's business and it it's something that's not talked about that much in marketing, but I'm like networking with people, becoming known in a space for something, getting people to know who you are and having a reputation for being good at what you do, especially there's a lot of people trying to have online businesses that frankly are not very good. <laughs> Right. So you want to have the reputation. I've like always been like, I want to be the best. Right. And so I'm always working and learning and trying to be better because I, I mean that, like, I'm like, I want to be the best in the space. Like how, from where I am now, how can I start heading that direction? And I think building a reputation for yourself as someone that cares about their work and cares about the results their clients get and is good, like really good at one thing will do a lot for your business. And the lead gen strategy becomes less important as your reputation grows. So it's kind of like, I don't know if you've found this in your business, but this is totally what I've found is like, we used to have to do a lot more to get customers, but you kind of reach a tipping point. If you work on building your reputation and you work at being good at something and being known for something and building a name and a reputation for yourself, it's almost like clients just come like, because clients tell other clients and other people in the space send people, like I send people to you or I send people to Coraline or Allison, like depending on, they send people to me. And it's like, it almost, it almost is like, we don't really have to do lead gen anymore. Right. Yeah. And we probably will, as we go to scale over the next couple of years. But I think that that's a marketing strategy. People really underestimate is like, and I think it's hard to build a reputation if you guys are doing too many things and helping too many people and there's too many messages and there's too much, much stuff going on. It's like, you can't really be known for anything. Does that make sense? Totally. Yeah. I think word of mouth and making those connections is huge. Um, there was something else I wanted to say. Hold on. It will come back. It was really good. 
Okay, maybe it won't come back. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. We're about out of time anyway. So we'll take that as a, how can people find you? How do I become the biggest Ashley Rachel fan in the world? (laughs) Yeah. So I hang out mostly on Instagram. I'm at Ashley Rachel coaching and I have a freebie that is really, we will go along so great with what we talked about today, which is five messaging tweaks to attract empowered, ready to buy clients. And that's a free PDF you can go through. And I give some of my top tips for just those really simple messaging tweaks that you can make in your content today that are going to make a difference. Um, so yeah, there's that. And then I also have the follow your light podcast where I publish weekly podcast episodes. Awesome. We'll put the links for all those things in the show notes. Ashley's a co-coach in the mastermind. We love her. She's a beloved, beloved. And you've been in there a long time now. We keep asking you that. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> I, your community seriously is the best. I, I absolutely love it. <laughs> but when you guys join the mastermind, I do calls in there every week, but we also hire other experts. Like I think it's important, you know, in there that it's not just the Faith Mariah show. I obviously have a lot of opinions and a lot of, you know, I have a lot of thoughts I share with you guys all the time, but you know, Ashley and I both, I think are on the same page where we both really believe there's a lot of different ways to do things and a lot of different ways to think about things and different things work for different people. And that's why we always try to have a pretty diverse co-coaching lineup for you guys. So you can learn from different people um, that have different energy and talk about different things than just talking with me. And so I think the mastermind can be a huge asset for you guys. I'm like, you guys should just join the mastermind. I don't even know what else to tell you about it. (laughs) I'm like, I think it's such a good offer. I'm like, seriously, like the coaching you guys get in there is incredible. We bring really incredible coaches in there. You'll love it. We have a two weeks, no questions, ask money back guarantee. So when it opens, you can come join risk-free. We'd love to have you in there. You can come hang out with Ashley on the calls. You can hang out with me. It'll be great. So that's it. Do you have anything else? Are we good? I think we're good. This has been awesome. Yeah. Thanks for being here. And I really appreciate you. And thanks for continuing to coach in the community and being so awesome. And I'm looking forward to another quarter. So we'll see you soon. Awesome. Thank (laughs) Thank you. Hey guys, if you're listening to this episode right now and you're feeling stuck in your business, like you just can't get it to go where you want to go, or if you're listening to this and you're realizing you need a serious overhaul and how you're thinking and your mindset and you're ready to do that work and create some incredible results, I can help you do that. And I help people do that all the time inside the Becoming Boss Mastermind. This is a mastermind for all levels. You're not too new. You're not too experienced. No matter where you are and what you're doing, the things that I teach in the mastermind will help you create results in your business and in all areas of your life. It's very powerful and very effective for creating change and creating results. We have a ton of evidence of that. So if you would like to be part of this incredible transformational community and experience, I would love to have you. The best thing to do is click on the link in the show notes and get on the wait list. When you guys join the wait list, I'm gonna send you a free workshop. This is the replay from the 100 Air Retreat I did, and it teaches you how to make a $97 product and sell five of them. And the reason I'm doing this is because I don't wanna hear when we open it that you don't have the money. I can help you get the money. Let's do this. 
go ahead and click the link, get on the waitlist, and I will see you guys in the next episode.